Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why people with ADHD don't need fixing, how to manage rejection-sensitive dysphoria, and tips to navigate burnout. These are just three of the points I discussed with today's guest, Cara Marni, who is a singer-songwriter. She's recently toured with the Sugar Babes, and she's just released her song, ADHD. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you find ADHD chatter useful, please follow the show on whatever app you listen to it on. Or if you're watching on YouTube, please click the subscribe button. Seeing the numbers go up really helps me avoid burnout. It keeps my motivation going so I can keep making content for you all. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. Ara, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be the first guest. The first in the new studio. What do you think of it? Honestly, I'm obsessed. It looks amazing. But I'm slightly worried because these seats are, are extremely comfortable that if I do recline, I am going to fall asleep. They're super comfy, aren't they? When they <laughs> like, turned up, I was like, like my this. guests are going to fall asleep in the middle of the episode. <laughs> Literally, be careful with that. I always like to start with the first question, with the same question. And that is, based on the what you know about ADHD now mm -hmm. as an adult, what's your earliest memory of sharing ADHD traits? So my earliest memory, I mean, as far as I can remember, I was chaotic and disruptive, loud. I was basically a pain in the backside, for lack of a better term. Mm. Um, but I think at school, it was just, that's when I really knew that I wasn't quite the same as everyone else. I was um, extremely distracted. I, I couldn't focus in class. Um, and I would do very silly things to attract attention. Um, but now I realize as I've grown older that it wasn't necessarily the right attention that I was trying to get. I think it was more because I was falling behind in school because I couldn't do all my studying and reading and homework the same way everyone else could. I think the teachers just didn't pay any notice to me because they just thought I was stupid, mm. dumb, lazy. Um, so I would just do very silly things in the middle of class. I'd just start like dancing on tables. I would be disruptive. I would uh, just cause havoc. And I, I was honestly, oh God, I was a nightmare child. So I'm sorry, mum and dad, that you had to put up with me. But um, 
I think it was that so that chaos surrounding me at school and my mum having to be called in every day because I was sent to the head teacher for some naughtiness, uh, naughty behaviour. But I, it's quite sad because the, the older I get, I realise it, it was more like a just crying for, for some sort of help almost. Like, can someone notice me and can someone understand that I'm not just an idiot? Sorry, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, go okay. ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just... I was so misunderstood at mm. school and I was so not able to learn in the same way as everyone else that because I was almost neglected by the teachers in the sense, they just sort of discarded me as she's the naughty rebel child who just doesn't want to pay attention and doesn't want to learn. I would just do anything and anything to get that focus from other people, but in the wrong ways. Does that even make sense? I feel like I'm waffling. No, <laughs> Hashtag ADHD. <laughs> it makes total sense. And I've, I've interviewed around 25 people now on the show and, mm -hmm. and they've all kind of said similar. Really? They've either said that they're, they, they've lent into the hyperactivity mm -hmm. and, they, and they've been quite problematic, which has got mm -hmm. them into trouble, mm -hmm. which is kind of what you, you described in yourself. Or the, the opposite side, which is the side that I relate to more, is the kind of internalizing it and mm. perhaps just sat in class and daydreaming and not 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 externalizing it mm. do you think when you were acting out do you think that there was it was because you were craving some kind of external validation a hundred percent a hundred percent it was just wanting to be seen and to be validated by someone because when you are considered the stupid child who mm. is falling behind in all her exams you just want you want someone to sort of give you some validation even if that's negative even if that was me being called into the head teacher's office in a way it was like okay I'm being noticed it's quite I, I hate talking about it because I'm like wow it's it's sad that because of the lack of understanding from teachers they had no awareness that I was ADHD mm. they just get the wrong impression whereas that's why with this song I've written ADHD I, I I talk a lot about those feelings about um you know feeling like I was put in a straight jacket when I was in my uniform and um all the misconceptions that the teachers and everyone around me had um because really with this song it's it's not about me or promoting myself I'm literally trying to raise as much awareness as I can because even if a few teachers understand and hear about it and actually what it's like there'll be so much more I'll just be a bit more care for students that don't necessarily understand how to learn in the way that most students do if that makes sense yeah no it does make total sense and you see it a lot you see schools and parents who perhaps aren't aware they'll see that this behavior in their children and they'll mm -hmm. try and constrain it and they'll try and make that child think that they're being naughty mm -hmm. when in fact I think often you should try and allow them to lean into it and when that happens there can be some real magic that happens a hundred percent agree it's funny because I remember I think it was like the sixth day in the row that I'd been called into the head teacher's office. I, I, I tore up somebody's artwork, which was really bad. Okay. But again, like she was such a lovely girl as well. I just, I wanted to do something to just get attention. And it, it's, it's really bad. Now I think about it. I'm like, why would I tear up somebody's artwork? Um, 
but but again it was just that someone focus on me someone notice me mm. um and it was the sixth day in the row that I'd been called in and the teachers all kind of met with my mom and they were like you need to put her on put her on something give her Ritalin try something so she can calm down because she's she's un like we can't we can't manage her mm. um and my mom sat me down and she was like right this is what's happening there's clearly a lot of issues at school i don't want to label you as adhd i don't want to put you on medication because i want you to be able to be yourself in the sense i'm you know i was very always dancing and singing and acting and moving and i think that's obviously part of the adhd is like i'm very creative but she didn't want that to be dumbed down by medication so she asked me she said do you want me should we try this or or uh, are you just completely against trying and seeing if that can work well with you you and your body mm. so we did try it we tried it for about a week and honestly from my personal experience it was not fun um and even for like my parents and everyone around me like my close family they were like you just weren't yourself you were like you but a muted version with your kind of loss of sparkle if that makes sense mm. the things that make us unique and different um and my mum met with the teachers again and she was like listen we've tried her it's not working um so i think you're just going to have to learn how to try and deal and manage her, manage her behavior um and we'll speak about it at home and the thing is it wasn't that i was just naughty and crazy it, it comes from a place rebel children there's 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 a reason why kids act a certain way it doesn't just come from nowhere and a lot of it is is because you want to be seen and you want to be you know um just oh, I'm, i don't know I, i'm not i can't think of the right word but you just want some sort of recognition mm. in any way shape or form because either you're not getting that in home at home or at school or at, you know with it within your friendship circle which was another thing because i i couldn't form friendships i really struggled because some i think i was just too loud and too and gregarious for some of the kids they were just like this woman is just a complete and utter just <laughs> just fireball and i we can't deal with it <laughs> so yeah i'm waffling but yeah i think um that's definitely where i understood that i'm not quite the same as the other kids in my class going back to the adhd kids can be labeled as rebels sometimes i mm. think that kind of leans into the the theory that perhaps from an evolutionary point of view, like people with ADHD, people of that different type mm -hmm. of brain functioning, mm -hmm. if you went back in time to when human beings lived in tribes and we didn't have this modern way of living, like mm. the, the ADHD people would be the ones who were out hunting and mm. chopping the wood and staying up all night, stoking the fire and mm. being the protectors and the, the hunter-gatherers of, of mm. the group. So now you come to modern day and suddenly the, that bits of our brain that makes us thrive in that environment. Take someone like that and say, sit in a classroom mm. or sit in an office mm. nine to five or this and that, of course we're gonna struggle. Mm -hmm. So we get labeled as rebellious mm -hmm. or naughty if we don't conform to how society expects us to conform. That's really interesting. I didn't, 
I didn't actually know what you just said about that's where we thrive, but it, I understand it. And mm. it's um, sad that the school system is created in a way that not all students can thrive in. And I hope that even if there was one teacher or one support teacher or, or somebody that could literally just explain things to you in a slightly different way at a slightly do slower pace, mm. um, it's not necessarily that we are lazy or stupid or dumb. It's we can't learn or I, I personally couldn't learn in the way that my peers were learning at. You know, the kind of sitting down, studying, QMON, you know, homework. But I, I was very willing to, in later, later in life, when, I, when my mom took me out of that academic school and put me in a theater school, I was very willing to throw myself into all the creative subjects that I loved. And that's where I realized um, it wasn't me per se that that was the issue because I wasn't just not willing to work, if that makes sense. It was, I was just not wanting to do it in that way and those subjects. But when I went to theater school, I was doing my singing and my dancing and my acting and my uh, art, painting, drawing, all things creative. Mm. And suddenly I just felt so much more at home. And, you know, I didn't feel like I was sticking out like a sore thumb, at, at, you know, all the time. And that's where I began to really come into my own and I understood that actually I'm going to be okay because I can do something and make a career out of doing something I love and just because I'm failing at maths and the QMON tests are all <laughs> <laughs> minus 100. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's clear to see you've you've when you you take someone with ADHD and they discover that thing that mm -hmm. sets their brain alive. Mm -hmm. But you see a lot of people with ADHD go into performing arts, you mm -hmm. go, go into theatre or fast paced jobs like mm -hmm. the emergency services. Because mm -hmm. that gives them that stimulation and that constant change up of environment that, that they need. If you put us in an office, then sometimes we struggle or sometimes we might need medication to slow our brain down to, to, to enable us to cope in that situation. Mm -hmm. So it's no, no surprise that you've seen success. And I see it a lot. And I've interviewed a few people who have had great West End careers mm -hmm. or, or, you know, like yourself, a successful musician. So leaning into the traits that ADHD gives you, the creativity, mm -hmm. the, the... Do you think that has aided you in, as a singer-songwriter? Oh, 100%. I think, honestly, I would go as far as saying... If my mum had continued to medicate me, I wouldn't have been able to express myself and channel all this boundless energy I had into my work and my songwriting and my performing and my singing. Um, so, and that is not me just a disclaimer saying that I think everyone, you know, shouldn't be medicated and that, you know, there's always, you know, you're great things will come for everyone when they're not medicated. I understand mm. that for some people they cannot focus or function at all without medication. That's just my personal experience that it didn't work for me. Um, and that actually, okay, yes, there's up and down days. It's not always great. And I go through extreme turbulent emotions all the time, especially with my career, but in a weird way, I kind of love it because it stimulates me and it, it's, something that constantly keeps me um keeps me what's the word keeps me thinking about things mm. and just 
my brain never stops. It, it, my job allows me to always be on the go and that's what I need. Um, and I think for a lot of ADHD people, like when we're able to hyper-focus on something that we love and that we're good at, good things can come. So, and, and like yourself, you know, you've been able to channel your, what's the word? Yeah. <laughs> your energies into, into something um, that you love doing and, and you've done very well in that as well. So it just goes to show that actually um, we, we shouldn't all be labeled as just chaotic, rebellious child, children. And that actually, if we're nurtured in the correct way, mm. we were able to thrive in, in different ways. And yeah, we make the world a bit more interesting, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. The hyper-focus is so interesting. You know, I, I 100% think that it's played such a big part in my professional life. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned it as well. And other people that I've spoken to have always attributed that mm -hmm. hyper-focus, that ability to just hone in on one thing. And if a, it's interesting because if a neurotypical person is listening and they mm -hmm. might say, well, I can, I can focus on something. Mm -hmm. But the hyper-focus is, is like it on steroids. You can't focus on anything else. It's like an obsession. Mm. It's like my uh, anything that I focus myself on, I will achieve. Like if I, I wanted to learn the whistle register when I was like 13 because I heard Minnie Ripperton's song, Loving You. I don't know if you know her, but she's an artist that inspires me a lot. And she, um, I really wanted to learn this whistle register and I was practicing like day in and day out. I would wake up before school. I would come back from school, from the Brit <laughs> school. And it would literally, I'd get back so late and I would be in my little garden studio shed. I mean, it's a shed that I glorify as a studio, but it's a garden shed with a few musical instruments in it. Um, and I would practice for hours and make sure that I got it down. I wanted to learn the splits. Uh, anything that we, it's like we cannot focus on anything else until we achieve what it is that we want to achieve, whatever we're hyper-focusing on, mm. whether that's you want to be, you know, make the most amazing Victoria sponge cake or be incredible <laughs> at decorating your house or painting or whatever it is. And it's, I understand neurotypicals, uh, even with some of my videos and my content, they're like, oh, I feel those things too, but it's, we feel it in a more extreme way. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I saw someone describe it perfectly. They said a neurotypical person going in and out of focus would be like a little wave, whereas for an ADHD person, it's like a, it's more like a spike. Yeah. So the, the the focus is more intense, but then perhaps the other side of it, and that's going to be my next question, mm -hmm. is like what's the cost of this this hyper focus? Do you think that when you are completely zoned in on something, other areas perhaps get neglected? A thousand percent. My work social life balance yeah. <laughs> is non-existent. This is about as much socializing I've done probably yeah. this year. <laughs> I think um, there's definitely a cost to that. I think because my personality is so extreme mm. um, and I'm, I've got a highly addictive personality, hence why I've like never even touched a drug. I've never touched a cigarette. I've never touched like alcohol, I don't, I, because I know that if I did like it, I probably wouldn't be able to stop doing it because mm. I'm super addicted to things that I like or give me a sense of high, you know, performing. It works in a positive way as well. So like, I love exercising and, you know, performing that drug of when I'm on stage and people uh, listening to me um, sing my songs and, and singing the songs back to me. Like I'm addicted to those feelings, which, I think actually now I'm thinking about it goes back to that childlike feeling of 
needing that external validation um, because I think all artists in a way are a little bit insecure in the sense, yes, we, we present as confident, but we constantly live for that validation of, mm. oh, this song's doing well, people are loving it. And, and you, you, you're constantly putting your heart on a platter and then just like hoping people like it. And if people <laughs> don't, you get really upset. Um, but yeah, I guess that might have a link to that feeling of being unseen as a child in mm. every way because I didn't thrive in any of the subjects that I was supposed to thrive in at school and now wanting to just shove my <laughs> shove my ability um my, my singing or whatever in front of anyone that will listen to me um but yeah there's definitely a cost and I think um it's very hard to manage, you know, even relationships. I really struggle mm. uh, maintaining any sort of relationship, whether it's with a boyfriend or friends, because um, A, I get so bored so quickly because I need so much stimulation <laughs> and excitement from so many things. So by the time I've like spent six months with this guy, I'm like, meh, uh, he's boring me. I'm going to go on to someone else. Or like even with friendships, it's like hard to keep constantly investing into one thing consistently. Mm. And I think that's in a lot of areas as well. Like I, I sh like I will pick up like really like things that I love and then drop it like after a week. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't like that anymore. Like I'll pick up the violin and be like, yay, I'm going to be, uh, you know, a professional. And then by the end of the week, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. The famous, we're selling um, the the famous boom and bust cycle. Yes. I'll just go all in a million miles an a hour. A million miles. I'll literally move in with a guy after a day. And then like <laughs> after the week's ended, I'm like, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. we're not going to be seeing each other again. <laughs> oh, that was a bit too close for home, that one. <laughs> literally. Oh, it's so chaotic at times. Mm. I don't, I, I don't know how, um, how I and anyone else deals with it. Cause it's a lot for us to process as well. Mm. I think as I'm doing things as well, I'm not quite understanding. I'm not like, I'm still processing things that happened last week or, you know, even this morning. And then, it, and then you realize and you're like, okay. And then you start having, I don't know. I like, even this morning I did something embarrassing on the train. Well, it's not my own fault, but I, I fell, <laughs> fell, fell into the train um, because um, I was running. Well, I thought I was running, but actually I was, wasn't too bad. So. <laughs> um, but now I'm going to be thinking, I'm going to have that RSD for the rest of the day. Like, oh my God, what did that guy in the blue jacket in front of me think? And he probably thinks I'm a weirdo. <laughs> We're just overthinking all the time. It's interesting you mentioned the RSD and it was going to be a, a, a point that I brought up. When you release a song mm -hmm. or you release something on social media and, yes. and, and you see like a comment that yes. isn't perhaps giving you the the praise or anything positive mm -hmm. which, which does happen yeah like all the time <laughs> how, do, how, how does how, do, how does Cara react when she sees something like that I think do you know what it's quite funny because the irony of releasing ADHD I've actually had the most backlash I've ever had <laughs> like I thought I was I was trying to do something like um that's you know raising awareness and bringing attention to something that's not so widely known um, and then it's actually, ironically, the ADHD community that have um, probably had uh, the most polarizing views mm. of the song, which obviously upsets me because I don't, that's not the intention, but I think going back to the medication that we touched on earlier, there's a line in the song that says, 
Um, so the first line of the chorus is, I don't need fixing, I don't need your help, no medication, mama says I'm well. Mm. And I think um, that got posted on a lot of platforms and one particular platform, there was just literally thousands of comments being like, how dare she be anti-medication and, you know, uh, you know, medication saved my life. And, and that's a tool, that wasn't at all the intention to um, medic, med shame people. Mm. Um, but I think that's the thing with music is it can be taken in different ways than you intend for people to absorb your music, right? And that's completely out of your control. Like I can't control how someone is going to take a lyric that didn't, I didn't intend for it to be meant like that, but I, I can't say, well, you need to understand it as that. Um, so it, it is upsetting in the sense I can't put a T and C <laughs> terms and conditions after every line, <laughs> just so everyone like disclaimer, this is not what I mean. It's my own personal experience. Um, but it, it's, it, it's hard because I think, especially me being hypersensitive about like I'm, I'm I get very sensitive about everything like if someone if a guy doesn't text me back after five minutes I'm like well that's a rejection how rude how dare you the audacity <laughs> or you know if, if someone doesn't take my piece of like my soul that I put into music and the way that I mean for it to be um accepted that upsets me but I think the more the more you receive of that criticism, the more sort of thick-skinned you get about it. Mm. So because I've been in the industry for a minute, working on my music and performing, uh, I think that you have that you have to create some sort of wall around you, this almost like suit of armor that just kind of rejects um, the, the negative stuff and doesn't, you know, it doesn't try and get past that armor where it really affects you. And then you start, cause I, mm. at first I would get really upset. I remember when I did my first, um, live TV performance on Sunday brunch and, um, I was like going viral on Twitter for like, you know, what's the outfit she's wearing? She looks like she's about to go skiing and, you know, <laughs> like there's just so many comments and you just think actually these people don't know me and what. Like as long as the people that know me and uh, my immediate circle understand who I am and what my intentions are and my morals and values are, then mm. really and truly you can't let every single thing get, affect you. I love how you asked me like a quick question and, and you're probably expecting a quick <laughs> answer and then go on for hours. <laughs> I am Greek as well, so that doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, going back to the medication uh, issue i suppose just to just to address that i think i mean i've, I've never taken adhd medication okay um, but i think that i manage my adhd in in other ways i, mm -hmm. I exercise a lot mm -hmm. i i do breathing exercises mm -hmm. i do a journal i plan my day the night before little things like that which i think have really really helped me but mm -hmm. i never taken adhd medication but i know a lot of people who have and mm -hmm. and it's been super beneficial to them i think the the interesting thing about I think why I can get away with not taking ADHD medication is that I'm quite, I suppose, privileged in the sense that I can get up when I want, I can take as many breaks as I want, um, I can pretty much do my day how I want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so when things get a bit tough, I can just have to have a time out. Mm -hmm. I think if I think about someone maybe in an office who has to go and sit at a desk nine to five, then I can see why they might need it 
So I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is I can see like how polarizing it might be. I also agree with you. I don't think that we should, that should be the first, first thing we say. If a child has ADHD, we should instantly like give them Ritalin. So I think we should like firstly encourage simple things like exercising and breathing techniques mm -hmm. and just taking time out and actually recognizing that maybe it's the environment that the child is in and not 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 them and we don't need to just give them a pill mm. but it's it's so nuanced and i think you know it is it, a case-by-case -case basis it has to be looked upon and but i can totally see how it could yeah rattle rattle the community and i can i see i see the comments on your stuff and i can i can i can see it from both sides yeah i think um i definitely agree with you with it's it shouldn't be the immediate first thought this child's acting up let's medicate the child. Mm. Um, it would be so great to see even teachers, parents hone in on whatever that child likes doing. If he likes kicking a ball around the house, put him, like get him some classes to play football. If he loves like bashing on the drum kit, a lot of ADHD people actually um, play drums. A lot of people I met at Brit were ADHD as well. And they, I think it's because they're able to really, um, use their brain in lots of different ways yeah, to get yeah, that stimulation yeah. physically mentally um but i think if we create like what we're doing which is having conversation mm. we're creating we're creating more just conversation around this topic that a lot of people don't understand and this disorder that people just think you know oh it's you know she's just wild and crazy when actually if you take that child out of that environment and put them in an environment that actually they may want to be in you'll see different symptoms and different like behaviors um that aren't always negative mm. um so it's interesting what you said as well about you really enjoy the fact that you don't need to be at a, a certain place at a certain time managed by somebody else in the sense of like you're going to be here, here, here at X, Y, and Z of the day. And that helps you because you're able to actually be like, okay, I've had quite a lot of stimulation. I might just take a little break. I might do this or do that. Mm. And I think that's something I feel as well because I can't necessarily, I, like I stress when I see so many things in my diary that, I don't know if I can like move around or like tweak timing wise because I'm like, it overwhelms me that I'm like, okay, I have to be, you know, active with my brain at this time. And what if I'm like not wanting to be that social or like it's, it's, it's um, hard processing having rigorous schedules, which mm. as an upcoming artist you do have. So yeah, I try and, I try and balance it out by like, you know speaking a lot with my family and i've tried a bit of therapy as well i don't know if that helped but i think it's always good to talk about how you feel with 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 someone whether that's a therapist or your mom or your friend um because then you're able to just get all your stresses and anxieties and worries off your chest definitely therapy is 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 i think it's amazing it's gives you that vent that mm -hmm. little almost like tap you can turn mm -hmm. and the pressure gets released a little bit mm -hmm. it might be a little bit or it might be a lot but actually mm -hmm. that could be the the difference between somebody going into burnout or and they or they may be just 
avoid it and then they can carry on being their productive self. Mm -hmm. um, but whether, you know, therapy again is, is expensive, um, but just talking to people, like mm -hmm. it, it's such a, it's, it goes back to that advice about just, you know, just communicating and just having that, being able to let some of that pressure out mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. enabling yourself to not just bottle it all up. Because mm -hmm. that's what I see a lot of people in the community. They're going through like an intense period of overwhelm mm -hmm. or anxiety because they're, they've got too much going on or they've said yes to too many things because mm -hmm. we're inherent people pleasers, right? Yes. So we, suddenly we've got too much going on and we don't ask for help. Yeah. And we try to commit to everything that we've signed up for. And we don't recognize the signs of burnout coming mm -hmm. until, and I'll be honest, in my case, like I diverted to alcohol in those periods, but everyone's different. Everyone has their you own come, outlet. Of exactly, yeah. And you come, if you're not careful, you can come crashing down. Mm -hmm. So I suppose my question is, do you recognize the signs of burnout looming in yourself? I have experienced burnout a lot um, because especially for me, I find touring extremely intense. Um, you know, I, I, I recently was supporting the Sugar Babes on their UK and Euro uh, European tour. And automatically, before I'm about to go on tour, I know that I'm going to suffer because it's just so rigorous, the schedule. You, you know, you've got a flight here and then you're going to go to a radio station here and then you're going to sing here and then you're going to go and um, warm up and then you're going to perform. And then after you perform, you've got to go um, to the CD stand and sign it. And, and, I'm, uh, and as much as that excites me equally, I already know that so much energy is going to be like dispersed constantly. And it's kind of not a normal thing being mm. like the subject um, and having all these people observe you. And it's like this weird dynamic of, yes, you get some energy, you obviously get energy back when you're performing, but it's, it's such an outpouring of your like sacred, almost gold dust energy that when you're on stage that you just like literally give everything you have mm. that after I, I kind of need a few days to recover from even one performance. But then obviously knowing that you then have to do that again and again in a different city, in a different way. So I do know that, but equally I, I now have learned ways of trying to manage that. So for example, when I'm on tour, I used to, when I first supported, I think my first tour I supported Rita Ora. And I was going out with the band after, we go to like clubs and then we go to this bar and this party. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing? Like, I am now going to be naked for tomorrow. I have to get up at 5 a.m. And I'm going to just be like completely burnt out. So now I, I am very strict that I go straight to my hotel room. I start like, you know, I'll, I'll read or I'll call my mom or I'll just, you know, do some meditation to try and give back some energy to the bank. Mm. Um, so I'm not constantly spending um, I, I look at it at myself as a bank because I just think how much have I spent of myself and how much am I putting back in? So I see the spending as like the outpouring of the, you know, the performing and, and, and doing the interviews and, 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 um, shows. And then I think, okay, what, what have I given back to myself? Have I spent time with myself? Have I spent time trying to process my thoughts? Have I, um, been vocal resting? Have I been, um, just savoring my energy and, 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 you know, in other ways. So yeah, it's, it's just about trying to balance it, but the balance, balance to me, I don't even know the meaning of the word. 
I just don't, it's, there's no balance. <laughs> um, so now like when I'm on tour, I, like if someone utters like a bar, I'm like, I'm not going, I'm going to the hotel, I'm going to leave. I will not have any fun with you. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's a constant battle for me trying to balance things, mm. everything. Um, so that's my kind of thing I need to work on more, but I definitely think um, therapy, if you find the right therapist as well, it's gotta be someone that you really connect with. I think it can be really life-changing and even the difference between being medicated and not medicated, you know, because you might be able to tap into a different part of your mm. brain that actually gives you that sense of calm by um, having an out a different outlet that you might not have in your home life. So yeah, you can send me the invoice later because you're my therapist today. <laughs> <laughs> it's such good advice. It's just the basic stuff, I think, because there will be a lot of people listening who who really struggle with with burnout mm -hmm. because they, they are really really good at their job mm -hmm. but they don't know how to say no to things or they overcommit and they get to that point where they they crash and burn and just the simple advice like taking breaks and that's something i'm doing a lot of work with in, in educating companies to that's a really simple like reasonable adjustment to give a staff member who has adhd or autism mm -hmm. it's just actually letting them have like a 10 minute break mm -hmm. either side of lunch break or whatever mm -hmm. or let them come in a little bit later or a little bit earlier um and in your case you know it's just going back to that hotel room or it's it's just saying no to that event after the show mm -hmm. and it's just giving us that opportunity to to decompress mm -hmm. and taking taking the foot off the pedal yes yeah. and the effects of that i mean it's it's such a simple thing but that can really be like what it takes to change the course and to avoid the, the the burnout and the consequences that come from there 100 percent. like i keep using the tour as, as the example but for me that's the most the best way i can explain it is now when i did the sugar babes tour i was able to manage the tour so much better and and i was able to enjoy it more mm. because i wasn't going there like half half dead because I'd expended so much more energy, like speaking to random people in a bar that I'll probably never see again. <laughs> um, and I was able to actually have that, that extra moment. And even if it's an extra hour, like to just decompress and not have to give mm. so much. Um, it makes it, it makes the massive difference, 100%. And if we can learn, I honestly think if we can just learn how to manage our energy slightly better, we will excel so much more and faster in whatever we're doing, whether that's your work, life, relationship, friends. Um, because that energy is magical and not everyone has that energy to be able to give, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, I think it's... Well, another way of putting it is just like putting boundaries in place mm -hmm. with your time and your energy and, and, and learning to say no to things and not to overcommit and in all situations. Because I think as, as we alluded to earlier, like mm -hmm. we are massive people pleasers. <laughs> so we say yes to too much. And that often is, is the cause. We overcommit, that causes mm -hmm. us anxiety. The quality of the work that we're doing goes down. Mm -hmm. And then we just go headfirst into burnout. Mm -hmm. But if we put those boundaries in place earlier on and we say, I'm going to not, you know, if, if, if it's not a priority, I'm not going to say yes to it. And also that gives the confidence as well to, mm -hmm. to set bigger boundaries in place later on. You put little boundaries in mm. place and you commit to those. Mm. That will actually give you like a self-esteem boost. That's such a good way of putting it. Because I think I've personally really struggled with 
um, saying no. Mm. Um, you know, even if it's just that extra um, event after the show or the or the studio session, it makes such a difference. And if we're able to put into practice saying no mm. to the smaller things, then we'll be able to say no to bigger things that might have a bigger impact on our mental health. And I'm going to actually take that. I'm going to write that down after. <laughs> Learn to say no. Anyone ask me anything after this, you're getting a no, okay? N-O spells no. <laughs> Just finally, Cara, I um, got a couple of questions from my community. They okay. wanted to ask you personally. There's three of them. That's so true. the first one, if you could go back in time mm-hmm. to with the knowledge that you have now mm-hmm. with ADHD and, and speak to the younger version of Cara, what would you say to her? <sighs> Chill the fuck out. No, I'm <laughs> um, apart from that, because I was extremely just out of control in all aspects, I would tell her everything's going to be okay. You don't need to stress about the future, your current situation, Everything will work itself in the, uh, everything will work itself out in the end. And I would tell her to not be so much of a pain in the ass, to be honest. But, <laughs> but um, no, it really would be to just actually sit in myself and my feelings more and not feel so anxious about what's to come. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Love yeah. it. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. Yeah, because you spend so much time questioning yourself, your self-worth. Um, what you're good at, what you're not good at, and you focus on the negative things. And then you think, oh, all my friends are going to be doctors and scientists and this and that and the other. And I'm just sat here just with another failed ex- <laughs> failed exam. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't change much because to be honest with you, that I thank a lot of those experiences as, as to why I had this little fire inside of me mm. that the more I felt of this rejection and neglect from the teachers just thinking I was just a no, never going to be somebody never make it success of myself it, it kind of lit this 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 fire inside of me and it made me think do you know what I'm going to prove every single one of you guys wrong and I'm going to find what I love and I'm going to let that shit kill me <laughs> and I'm going to just really hone in on it and and so in a way I I, I am grateful for that but yeah that was meant to be a short answer but again no, I love it. No, over explaining giving you way more information than you need <laughs> Next question. I'm a 46-year-old woman, recently diagnosed. I feel like I've spent my whole life masking. I'm taking off the mask and I don't know who I am. Mm. Have you got any tips for me to build my self-awareness and to reconnect with my authentic self? Wow. Big one. That's a big one. Um, I think I would say to focus on what do you like doing? Where do you spend your time and Mm. feel the most validated and at peace and happy? Do you like going and seeing your friends? Do you like reading your books? Do you like meditating? Do you like playing arts and crafts? Do you like pottery? What do you love to do? Because I think that's just the thing I would say to everyone is find what you like doing and do more of it. You know, who do you like hanging around with most? Hang around with those people more. Um, it's, it's, uh, a sad thing to have got to 46 feeling so misunderstood, mm. but 
so common. Yeah, it's it's so common. And that's why it's um, so important that you're doing what you're doing with this podcast and and creating so much conversation about ADHD because it just goes to show there's still so much work that needs to be done. But yeah, I would say that. And I would also say to not hate yourself and feel rubbish about yourself that for so long you've not been able to sort of take off that mask because that's not your fault that you felt like that. Mm. That's society's issue that they don't understand and have not been educated. Um, and to be able to accept and understand that there are different people in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, love it. That'd be very, Sorry, very I keep helpful. giving you really long answers. <laughs> This is another thing I need to learn. As someone with ADHD, I tr I was I was put in media training. It didn't work. Like think before you speak. Don't when you said too much. Uh, when you think you said too much, you've said way more than you need to say. Like there was so many, and I can't. Even when you're speaking, I'm like, don't speak, don't interrupt, don't like do, like it's so hard. Like I, even now, I'm struggling. I'm like engage in everything he's saying. Yeah, what did he say? <laughs> like it's like it's like I'm not just sat here just chilling. Like you know, peace. It's it's. I think that's another thing with with. ADHD is, is people don't realize that actually just normal interactions, like having meetings or yeah, yeah. Um, like having a conversation with friends. It's not, you're not being rude when you're interrupting or stuff. It's just Brain like- goes a million miles an hour. So you start with one point, then you end up completely unrelated. I'm talking about giraffes drinking tea. For and you, how, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I'm like, this makes so much yeah. sense. And then I'm like, wait, have I made my point? Like, <laughs> uh, Just really quickly, last question. What's the most impulsive thing you've ever done? Ooh, most, most impulsive thing I've ever done. I met someone in a nightclub once and he, and he said, should we go to Paris? And I just went with him. Just went. I had, no, <laughs> I, I didn't even know his full name. And I was like, let's go. Why not? There's no danger risks attached to going away with someone you've known for more than five minutes. Um, yeah, that's probably the most impulsive thing I've done. Amazing. Was it fun? It was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we had a great time and I didn't get killed. That's good. I'm here to tell the tale. <laughs> Cara, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And they're like, literally, I went on a date the other day and we, we went to this like, it was, it was a restaurant, but they had music. And for me, with music, it just sets up on me. I have to dance. I can't stop dancing when I hear like, especially if it's my song, if my tune comes on. Are you the same? When a, when a song comes on. Yeah, like, do you, do you get the impulse to dance? Like, to move and just be like, you know... Normally end up embarrassing myself, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm not saying I don't embarrass myself. <laughs> I did not say that. But he, I think he thought, he because he, it was after I came back from the bathroom and then Whitney's I Want to Dance with, with Somebody comes on. And I'm like... And he was like, what have you taken in the bathroom? And I was like, what do you mean? I'd wash my hands. Like, so, and he, and I was, I was fully convinced he thinks that I'm on drugs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.